Hi, this is Jean-Jacques Taylor, and you're listening to Jot Talk. This is a podcast where I talk about the Cowboys, the team I've covered as a beat writer, columnist, TV insider, and radio host for 28 years. I'll also talk about the NFL and the things I love, working out, streaming, food, and all things Dallas. My boy, Big Joe in the Big Rig, one of my oldest friends, produces the show and occasionally chimes in with his thoughts on the Cowboys. After all, he's a lifelong Cowboys fan, and he played high school, college, and semi-pro football. Welcome to Jock Talk, where sports is fluid. What's true today might not be true an hour, a day, or a month from now. I'm going to give you the truth straight. No chaser. Glad to have you aboard. Let's get it. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the post-Christmas show, episode 48 of Jacques Talk. I'm Jean-Jacques Taylor, my boy Big Joe in the Big Rig, handling things on the production end. What's up, dog? What up, what up? Oh, so you sound bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, yeah, alert we, today. We five by five this morning. Oh, what that mean? That mean we good. Oh, okay. Well, I'm struggling. It was a late night. It was early morning. Uh, but I hope uh, all you guys had a Merry Christmas, a Happy Holiday season. Santa Claus brought you everything you wanted, even if he just wanted to be left alone yesterday. Uh, what'd you end up doing yesterday? Watching some games, playing some games, opening some Christmas presents, and uh, eating too much ham. I thought about you yesterday. Uh, what's the uh, what's the uh, what's the best gift you got yesterday, or the one that uh, the one that you uh, you were like, oh, okay, this is cool. Well, I got my my gift about two weeks early. I got uh, a big old desk for my uh, podcast stuff. I know I can tell it. The show sounds so much better since you got the oh, desk. No, it don't. No, it don't. Come on, man. No, I'm, I'm <laughs> no. It's just a whole lot less clutter. Oh, okay. Yeah. If, if that's the way you, if that's, if Lots that's how you of clutter. Say it. I can show you before and after. Oh, well, yeah. show me the picture. Yeah. Before and after. I like to see it. Yeah. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, I've been into my aromatherapy for a minute, and I guess I let everybody know that that's what I was into. I got about eight big old candles yesterday, man. As, as I was like, either you think my, my spot stinks. Or y'all, or y'all uh, just trying to fit into uh, my filter, my love filter. Um, so that was cool. But you know, man, when you get to uh, to be my age, your age. Uh, I'm but sorry. I'm, only, I'm sorry. I'm only speaking for me. I'm sorry. I tried to yeah. kill my mic so I wouldn't comment, comment on none of that. What Why, the, dog? What the hell is a love filter? <laughs> that, I mean, I'm I'm not trying to take no exit ramp or nothing, but. I mean, we we just uh, this is a relaxed show today because here's the deal. Um, when I was on radio, and let me let me hip y'all to the game, uh, and, and this is not breaking news. This is just something interesting for y'all to file away. Uh, during the holiday season, you probably notice your favorite radio hosts don't do the show; they take off. Whether it's sports or, or you know some other shows, but I I know specifically about sports shows. You know, if, you, if you're if you in Dallas and you listen to the ticket, all those guys, the Musers, the Hardline, Matt and uh, Donnie, they've all taken off for the last week or two, and they'll take this week off um, for two reasons. Number one, uh, the ratings book, which determines how successful your show is and how much money you get paid and all that stuff, it ends at the end of November, basically. So the ratings in December don't count. So ain't nobody trying to work when the ratings don't count. All right. And number two, most people take off in December, Christmas, holidays. A lot of people take the last two weeks of the month off. And so 
uh, because of that, um, you know, I just had an old man moment of what I was going to say. Yeah, you know? me too. And I'm not, and, you, and I'm not afraid to tell y'all. You're driving me away from my point. I don't even know what the hell I ask you now. <laughs> <laughs> you're talking about a love filter. Okay. Uh, you're going to so, get back to that, right? Yeah, yeah, there's a point for this. Okay. And so, uh, you know, so what, what happens is people take the time off and then... I can't remember. I just had an old man moment because my, my mind is wide. But for the love filter, you wait, wait, wait. That's, that's, that's twenty five seconds. We all can't get back. But go ahead. No, nah, but hopefully I remember and then I can finish it. <laughs> that's why I write notes down sometimes. Uh, but love filter is you just give like if if, uh, if I was buying you a gift, I just go through your love filter. Love filter just means what you like, what you enjoy. I give you a gift in that area, you know. Maybe I buy you some nine ammunition, then you don't have to worry about it. Uh, maybe I buy you a, a guide to a video game. I don't know, gotcha. you know. But okay. whatever stuff that you like, that you that you into, you just buy somebody something in, in that area, and typically it'll make them happy. Especially if it's something that they hadn't, you know, that they uh, you know don't have or hadn't thought about getting themselves, or or uh, like my dad. Now, he gave me a gift card, but my dad's been really good about giving gifts lately. He used to be awful. Now he's really good at it. But uh, he said, if you figured out what you're going to get, I said, you know what, man? I had been looking at something, and I ain't going to tell y'all what it is, But I, because I don't want to be judged. I had been looking at something for about three weeks, and I was like, do I want to pull the trigger on this? I don't really know if I want to spend that much on it. I said, but then your gift card came, and I was like, oh. I only got to pay for half of it. So, yeah, I'm down. I'm going to go get this. Uh, so, uh, so you know, now back to the love filter question. So, obviously, yeah, if, I've been, I got you. I got if you. I've been telling you all about aromatherapy and candles and stuff, uh, some of my people, uh, they hooked me up with a bunch of different candles. And, uh, you know, so I was like, cool. I appreciate it. So, so you don't want to tell us you bought some more shea butter or something? I didn't buy no shea butter, man. Oh, okay. So, no. <laughs> Uh, so, I, so here's how, I, here's how I did the love filter thing. So I gave my son, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's into day trading these days. So I gave him a, uh, I gave him a book on, you know, the secret to day trading, something like that. Some book he was really, he was really gung ho about getting. And, uh, cause he had talked about it a couple of times. So I got him that book and I uh, got him another book about this titled, uh, I think, I can teach you to be rich. I think that's the name of it. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, I will teach you to be rich. Uh, then, dog, you know, the funniest thing is I got him the Dr. Seuss book, Oh, the Places We Will Go. And I got him that because he's in this point of his life where he's really trying to spread his wings and fly and, and just kind of see the world. And uh, he's really becoming his own dude. And he's like, he looked at his like. What's up with this Dr. Seuss book? I said, it ain't about Dr. Seuss. Well, it's Dr. Seuss. I don't really get it. I said, it's a symbolic book, man. It's like uh, symbolic. He goes, what's the symbolism? <laughs> we sitting here talking about a Dr. Seuss book, man. I said, well, look at it. For about five minutes, he finally said, oh, oh, okay, I get it now. He goes, Dad, that was deep for Christmas, man. <laughs> I just said, whatever, dog. <laughs> Um, so that's my son. For my grandson, he came over to my spot uh, probably about three weeks ago. And uh, he's like any kid who's eight. He's into video games and YouTube, and he's talking to his brothers on the phone all the time. 
but he came over here, man, and he asked for some paper, and he was drawing. And he drew me a picture. And uh, if you guys look at the YouTube channel, Jock Talk TV, you can see the, the picture in the back. And so I bought him what, man? A bunch of art stuff. Trying to get into his love filter that he might not even know exists. And here's the funny thing. His mom and his grandma got him an Oculus. A, what is that, dog? A virtual reality thing. And he really enjoyed it. Dog, he spent as much time with that as he did drawing and tracing and doing this stuff that I bought him with his art stuff. And it was just a reminder that you don't have to spend a lot of money. You can, but you don't have to spend a lot of money on gifts if you hit people in their love filter because they'll really enjoy whatever it is you gave them. So he spent a lot of time drawing yesterday, so I was happy about that. Hey. And then uh, my daughter, I got her tickets to the Mavericks game last week, so she, she had a good time at that because I think I told y'all I'm really trying to get into more experiences these days. And then, uh, you know, I gave my, uh, my daughter, I'm taking her to dinner at the top of Reunion, uh, the ball at Reunion, because that's something she had mentioned that she would like to do one day. And I said, hey, well, you ain't got to wait for one day. Merry Christmas. We can go this week. So, again, I'm just trying to meet people where they're at, getting their love filter, and uh, show them some, uh, some appreciation by, you know, understanding who they are and not trying to necessarily uh, give them what I like. I give them what they like. So, yeah, that's what I try to do. But it's a great day. Okay. You probably uh, won't ever hear me put them two words together. But I'll <laughs> Then I went over to a friend's house last night. He had a kickback. We had a good time chilling at, at his spot. And the only downside was I stayed out later than I anticipated. Uh, I didn't get home until about 12.30, stayed up to about 1.30. Yes, I still got my workout in this morning, so I was dragging. Then I got fussed at for not getting the key plays in, but that was my fault. And it wasn't a real fuss. It was a gentle nudge, not the, not the usual fussing I uh, get I for not I doing. Didn't, I didn't fuss. Uh, that segment was about to be cut. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get it to me on time. Hey man, I'm, I, I'm, I got I'm, you I'm know work miracles. I can work miracles, but no, no, no. I gave you plenty of time to get me time. See, uh, that, that wasn't a fuss. That was that was professional. See, no, you, it was. I said, was can I just tell the story the way I'm gonna tell it? Hell man? no, because you're inaccurate. You know what? No, uh, get it right. Nah, man. Get it right. I ain't got time for no love filters and no stuff like that. <laughs> but I do my job, so I ain't even, you know. Uh, I got so fussed that. I got it. Don't nobody feel sorry for you. Let me just tell my story. Go ahead. Let me tell my truth. Yeah, so uh, yeah, it is my truth. So we got two kinds of truth. Uh, But the uh, the thing was because it's Christmas. I don't know if I don't think it's just me, but it could be. Everything is out of whack. Like, what is today? Like today is Tuesday, but it don't feel like a Tuesday because yesterday was Monday, but it didn't feel like a Monday. It felt more like a Saturday or Sunday because everybody was off. And the point of that is, so I went to the gym this morning, and we work out typically at uh, 5, 5.30. And here's why that's important. Downtown, you get, uh, you get a ticket if you park at the meter after 7. Well, we always leave the gym right at 7 or 7.05, and the tickets don't really start till 7.15. So we parked this morning, me and my boys. We working out, and about midway through the workout, because we started at 6.30 today instead of 5.30, we go, dog, this ain't no weekend. I hope we ain't all get tickets while we, while we in here working out. 
Man went out to the car, ticketed like a mug. So that was a that was an expensive workout this morning because uh, I forgot today was a weekday and I didn't pay the meter. So such is life. Uh, Want to always tell you that uh, you can follow me on Twitter at JJT at JJT Journalist. I am Jean Jacques Taylor, and if you are, and y'all should know this by now. So if you're ever involved in an accident, man, check this out. All you gotta do is pick up the phone and dial the magic number, 972-934-8900. Talk to my friends over there at Greening Law and just tell me your situation. Hey, here's what went down, here's what happened, here's my situation. And if they bring you on as a client, I'm telling you, it's been a lucky day for you. For real. Because anytime you fight somebody as an insurance company, man, it's a fight, it's a battle, it's a scrap, and you need somebody to ride with you. Greening Law will ride with you. They will tell you when to turn left, the when to turn right, or when to hold tight. How about, hey, let's go backwards for a minute, regroup, and go forward again. But they walk you through the process. They want you to focus on two things, two things only. Rest and renewal. Get your mind right, get your body right. Do that, it's all good. Your mind right, your body right, get your life back, and it's all good. That's what they want you to focus on. They handle everything else. You need a doctor, they can find you one of those. You need a specialist, they can find you one of those. Grinning Law is the place you need to be if you've ever been involved in an accident and it's not your fault. So punch the number in your phone. Get it so that you don't have to look for it at the moment of crisis. 972-934-8900, that's the number. Give them a call. Let them work it out for you. Now, your Cowboys, 22-20 losers to the Miami Dolphins. Uh, seemed like a long time ago, but it was just the other day. Let's talk to my boy Todd Archer. Sponsored, presented, brought to you by my good friends at Smokey John's Barbecue. What you doing this week, Doc? I mean, he just going to ignore me on that. We're going to get you some Smokey John's, man. What's up? Merry Christmas. Happy holidays, bro. How you rolling? Doing all right. How are you? When am I getting Smokey John's? I just heard that. <laughs> when you want some Smokey John's, man. Hey, Todd, Todd, no. Uh, don't no, don't no, go there, no, dog. No, no, Do no, not no. go there, man. Oh, no, no, no. You get Smokey John before I get Smokey John, <laughs> it's going to be a problem. I don't, I don't have no problem with you, Todd. We cool, now. I don't even know you like that, but we cool. But you get some Smokey John before me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting Seems both like in. you should be able to, Why couldn't he get them both first at the same time? Hey, that's you know that's why I like you, man. See what I'm saying? That's, yeah, that's a you know, I'm trying to. I'm, that's I'm a trying to work it out. Solution right now. I'm trying, right, I've man. been trying to work it out, man. When I'm, when I'm gonna get Smokey John? Hell no. <laughs> yeah, I've been, I've been, I've been promised Smokey John for like four months, huh? You know, we've been trying to get your schedule right. That's the nah, only problem. Hell you, no. you, it take a helicopter ride to get to you. I'm easy. You to don't find. like to travel, and so it's just trying to match up the the dates, man. That's all. And I see Todd at least twice a week, so it would be a little bit easier. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Uh, Yo, if he brings it to me at the star, I'll let you know. Roger that. I, oh, think I yeah. appreciate that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we just made sure that'll never happen. There you go. Uh, <laughs> uh, how was your Christmas, man? What the, uh, what'd you get? <laughs> Uh, what did I get? Yeah, I, I mean, it had to be something better than a pair of socks and some drawers. I didn't get either of those. Uh, okay, I got a, positive. Uh, a, a, a Jordan hoodie that I wanted, so that was that was good. I got uh, 
some golf balls that I'll eventually need uh, to play. I got a nice sweater from my daughter and a hat from Ireland that she just got back from there from the oh, study abroad right. program. Right. Cool. Right, right, right. I got an Arkansas hat from my other daughter who will be going to Arkansas next year. So, yeah, it was, it was a good Christmas. All right, good. Glad to hear that. See, they see they they gave you gifts to your love filter with the golf balls. In the in the in yeah. the in the well, in that the was like the Secret Santa family thing. So they knew I knew I was getting that. From oh, all right, good. <laughs> well, as long as everybody was happy, uh, this is good. Uh, your Dallas Cowboys. What do we make of their their game against uh, Miami? Because I'm uh, I'm still conflicted. Uh, this is who they are, man. They're, I mean. They've done the same thing this year that they've done in these past years. They're just good enough to be okay. Are they good enough to win it all? Doesn't look like it. Um, no. You know, you can change out the play caller. You can add a couple players, da da da, da all that stuff, and it's the same stuff, man. It's it. This is what's different, and what gives you any hope that when they go to the playoffs, okay, yeah, they can win at Tampa, they could win at New Orleans or Atlanta, whoever wins the South, they can they can win there. Sure, no question. Even with San Francisco's loss last night to Baltimore, do you think, oh, the Cowboys could do that to them? I don't no. think you do. <laughs> now, second round, you go to Philadelphia? You know, I think you probably have a better belief that you're going to win there. And if you, right. or you go to Detroit in the second round, if that, and if you beat Detroit this week, then you'd have some confidence. But and I kept coming back like they're not far off from being one of the best teams going, right? But that last step is a mile and a half, man. Like it's it's the hardest step to take, and they've not taken it. So how do you how can you predict that they will take it until they do it? No, that's good. That's fair. I think Jack, we've been uh... saying this crap for the last how many years? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, sometimes I mean, you know, I'll, but I'll, I'll like, uh, like, what do what do they say? Every interception has its story. Every lost season has its story about why they didn't realize expectations or meet expectations or you know didn't get it done. And you know, typically when Todd and I talk about it, we're talking about '07 and '14 and '16 when they really had. You know, teams that we thought were capable of doing some damage and getting—I mean, getting at least to the championship game and maybe to the Super Bowl. Um, they've had some other really good teams that weren't quite that good. But you know, man, I feel what you're saying. I think their problem—I don't even want to call it a problem. Like the other day, they do this epic drive. They finally get it in. Dak takes them. Great throw to Brandon Cooks. Cooks makes a great catch. It's contested. You're in the end zone, and you're like, you're coming back. You were nine down. You were dead. You're back. You got the lead. It's 327 left. Now your defense has got to do what the offense just did, which is shut them down, and they can't make a play. And that's kind of the story of – that's probably what the story of the Cowboys are since we've been covering them for almost 20 years together in some way, shape, or form. Ultimately, it comes down they're just not good enough. Yeah, because you can't get that guy to – yeah, I mean, we say it all the time. I tell my son this all the time while we're watching the game. Somebody, anybody got to go make a play. So Cooks and Dak made a play. But it's a team game. So somebody on the defense had to make a play. 
and they just couldn't. And so right, that's why that first play of the drive is a face mask, a 15 yard penalty. We talked about penalties for this team forever. And this isn't yeah. like I, people get on McCarthy about the penalties. Well, we got on Garrett about the penalties. You got on Wade uh, Phillips about the penalties. They still have penalties when Parcells was the coach. <laughs> Eventually, it's just this is what they are and who they are and maybe who the refs perceive them to be. But enough complaining about the refs. They don't need to be sitting there bitching in the locker room after a two-point loss about the refs or a 30-point loss bitching about the refs. Yeah, they need to get because over guess there, what? Man. The Cowboys guys held the, the Dolphins guys too, and a flag wasn't called, or or there was a PI or an illegal contact or whatever that wasn't called on the Dolphins guys too. So, get over yourself. It, it, it yeah, there are big plays and the refs can impact games. I got it, but if you're gonna worry more about them, then you've taken your eyes off of what matters most, and that's what's going on in the field, not the dudes wearing the stripes. Right, right. No, I feel you on that, man. I think uh, I think this is, I think the, and I typically don't say this over the years, I think the officiating has been incredibly inconsistent and borderline poor this year, but I would say it's been poor for everybody. Like, I don't think anybody's getting favored. I just think it's bad all around. And so when you understand that, you just know in the course of a game, we're going to get a couple calls that are raggedy against us, and we're going to get a couple calls that are raggedy for us. And we just got to play through it either way. Well, look, look at Mike is roughing the passer penalty. I don't think it was a roughing the passer. I think he was well within his step or a step and a half when he hit Tua. I think the referee who threw the flag reacted to Tua's reaction of, of how he was hit. Right. I don't think it was a penalty. But guess what? I don't think that roughing the passer's penalty on Dak from, from Christian Wilkins was no, a penalty wasn't. either. Right. So – Balances out, man. See, like, and, and I'm not an even Steven kind of guy. I'm like, this is how it goes. But, I mean, bad calls are going to happen. Just like bad play calls are going to happen. Bad decisions are going to be made by players. That's just the, the the breaks of the game. And they spend far too much time. And I'm going to ask McCarthy about this today at his press conference, whenever the heck we get him, and say, do you think you guys are too, too involved with the officials? Like, they're like Luca. Like, just knock it off. I can, uh, I can see go. that. Sorry, we can, we can talk about something else. <laughs> no, I, I love the passion. Uh, so <laughs> uh, if, if we look at the game, you know, that first, let's talk about that first series, man, because that was interesting to me. Did you th- And I'm going to go through them one by one with you. Did you think Brand- Brandon Cook should have scored on the end of round? Yes. First? Yes. Okay. I haven't gone back and looked at it. Uh, why didn't he score? Is that because he ran out of bounds instead of turning it up? Yeah, it looked, again, from the angle we had in the press box, we're at the other end of the field in the, the other end zone. And it looked like if he just he had the edge, that if he just kind of jumped or, or used his momentum, he would have gotten in the end zone. That, that's what it looked like. Is that exactly what happened? I mean, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Uh, but – the tack that he took, I wasn't buying it. And then on the next play, Tony Pollard should have scored. Yeah, like I thought right? when Dak flips the ball, I go, wow, that's a nice play call down there. Touchdown. And I go, how did he not score? He was walking. Right. He was walking. He thought it was a walking. I mean, I'm- And, people, oh, Ferguson should have put a better block on the guy. Oh. You're, you're running downhill. The defender's yep. running sideways. 
your momentum should get you in the end zone. Push that thing. So put your head down, put your shoulder down. Yep. And look, Zeke's Zeke's speed might not have gotten to the edge the way Tony Tony's would, but Zeke's power would have got him in yep. the end zone. Right. And, and then, then on fourth down, why yeah. are they going to Lipke? Well, that's that's the question. Hunter Lipke, who had six touches all year, gets three on that first drive. What's up with four. that? Four. Four. What's up four? with that? I don't know. I mean, I think it was, I, I think you're right. Did. I think it was two short you're, yardage and a pass. Right. You're you're breaking tendencies, maybe you're trying to think you're breaking a tendency that no one's going to think you're going to give it the, give the ball to him because you've not done it in that situation before. Yeah, yeah or maybe he's I, a, I uh, a bigger guy, and you're trying to be a little more physical down there. My my issue with it was this is a big game. This is a big moment. Dak is probably between practicing games, giving the ball, handed the ball off to Pollard, let's say two thousand times. He's probably done it seven or eight hundred times Rico Dowdle. He's probably done it fifty times. It just seemed like it was an unnecessary risk. And now they would say, well, you know, I mean it just seemed weird to me that, that he touched the ball so much on the first series of a big game. Yeah. I'm that that's that's weird to me as well. And that you know, like I think someone on Twitter is like, why are they trying to be cute and giving the ball to Lipke? Like, how's a fullback dive cute? Right. Like, and where, so, where are we going? Like, you know, nah, you got yeah. to do, do, do the, I think there were times this year, this year where they put, um, and they definitely did in the past with Zeke, where they put Dottle at fullback and Rico and uh, Pollard on right. the eye and they did the fullback dive that way. Like, I, I mean, yeah, that was a – I don't understand that call, but also they should have scored on the two previous plays. Yeah, that like, was – In my uh, mind. That, so so that's a 10-point swing in a two-point game. Yeah. Miami goes and kicks a field goal after that. Um, I don't think they lost because of that, but I think it could have – you know, because you get into the whole butterfly effect. But I think right. – It does change the complexion of the game. Oh, but see, I you're think right. you're absolutely who, who right. Else? Who else knows what uh, would have happened after that? No, but, I mean, if we just go through a normal thought process, you go, you've been getting your ass kicked all week after losing to Buffalo. You say you want to get aggressive, you want to play with the lead, so the coach does what he says. You know, we win the toss this week, bump that. We take it the ball, we try to set the tone. Then you go out on a great drive, 17 plays, 73 yards, seven minutes. If you end it with a touchdown and go up 7 nothing, you feel great about yourself. And um, we know how football spins on momentum and, and, and belief and all of that. Yeah. Um, I'm talking about just getting off to a good start and putting Miami like, damn, these fools came to play. You know, I think the, uh, stat, well, the stat was they 6-0 and when they scored first or something like that. Look what they did on the second drive of the game. Yeah. 75 yards, bing, bang, boom, right down the field, CD 49 yards. Like, so they still gained confidence after that first drive. Right. Imagine what what it would have been if it was fourteen three. Right. Uh, you know, after two drives or four, even fourteen seven, maybe maybe Miami, maybe maybe Miami scores a touchdown because they're not taking over at their own two yard line like they did on that first possession. And that fifty yard throw to Waddle is from the twenty five, and it puts them in a better, more advantageous position, but. Yeah, and this is the margin for error that when you when you 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 can't you have to overcome yourselves. It's hard enough to overcome the other team, but when you have to overcome yourselves, 
I mean, you're making it that much harder. No, you're you're right. And then uh, one last thing about the offense, boy. Why did uh, CD disappear for a couple of quarters and the offense just get completely stagnant? Was that the uh, you know, Fangio blueprint? I don't think so. I mean, it didn't look like he had Jalen Ramsey following him all over the place. Like, I, there, I didn't – maybe he did a little bit or maybe that was just where CD lined up and he was more on his side. But it's almost – inexcusable that it's the first time all year that CD was not targeted in two straight quarters this season. Like, how does that happen? As a dude has a hundred and however many catches on the year now, like how, how does that at some point just kind of like, Hey man, let's just run a smoke to you and get you the ball <laughs> in your hand just to say, we got it to you. You know what I mean? Like, right. It, and then, cause then what, what happens in that, on the 17th play drive, it's fourth down. Where are they going? They're going to CD. I think there was a third down earlier, maybe, where he ran a little flag route, um, right? And they were going to CD. So, you know, it, it's that stuff can happen, and and that's like having the democratic approach to offense where we feed everybody is sometimes a good theory. A lot of times is a good theory, right? But when it's nut cutting time, eighty eight's got to get the ball, and a game like that against an opponent like that. It's always not cutting time, so 88's got to get the ball. No, you're absolutely right about that. So it's uh, – I don't know, it was a weird game. It was, I thought they played – overall, they played good. Like, if you look at the defense, uh, and we've talked a little bit about it, if, if I told you they're going to hold Miami to one touchdown and 22 points, you probably figured they figured out a way absolutely to win. Absolutely take it. Yeah. You That's know. why I, I didn't come out of that game blaming the defense because it was 22 points. And look at the, you know, there's the whole Shanahan-McDaniel thing. Well, look at the last two playoff games. It's been like 19 points and 23 points or whatever. Right. Like against them now, the the, play, the regular season game, they got smoked. But, like, the defense has done enough in those games to give yourself a chance to win. And it's been right. the offense that has not come through, whether Kellen Moore's calling the plays or whether Mike McCarthy's <laughs> calling the plays in this last game, yeah. when they've needed it most. And that's – if there's a complimentary football aspect that they want to play, well, then the offense needs to get its act going on the compliments because it, when it matters most. And now Detroit, okay, you got a chance. You got a chance to maybe not change the outside perception of you, but maybe to help your own internal possession where you're just not saying words because you know you need to say them. You can actually mean them by beating a team that's 11-4. and four. Yeah, and they're they're a good team, and they can pose some problems with their physical style, their running game. Uh, I think kind of the emotion that they play with, uh, it'll be a good test for them. It's a game they need to win now because you don't need to have a uh, three-game losing streak heading into a game against uh, Miami, I mean Washington, at the end of the season. Let's play that out for a second. Let's say they lose this game, which means they're out of the division. Why play anybody against – Washington. I mean, you have to because there's not, you don't have right. guys on the roster. Well, but if you have a question about anybody, who who, who gives a shit? I mean, just go ten uh, and seven. You don't you don't want to go into the playoffs. I understand with a out of four, four game, game streak. streak. I, I got you, but what's the risk of? Yeah. What, what 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 does it matter going eleven and six versus ten and seven? And you lose a Tyron Smith, you lose a Zach Martin, you lose a whoever. Um, Dude, and then you don't why, have that guy for the playoff game. That's why they. That's why they need to win this week because that's a disaster. Uh, I think you're screwed either way if that goes down. 
because I think it'd be, you know, just a vibe around your team and your city and all that stuff would be so negative if they if they had a four game losing streak. Uh, that it would, I think, it would, yeah, dude, it would be hard, hard to overcome. And then let's take it one step negative further, and then we'll go back positive. Uh, then you lose <laughs> to uh, uh, Tampa Bay, which has won six in a row. <laughs> dude, McCarthy might get popped, even though even then though it was like calling for yeah. Then we got a coaching search possibly, right? Yeah, and we're like, ah, oh, wow, just just three weeks ago everything was great, and now you've lost five in a row and you're out of playoffs and. It, in the wild card round, yeah. So no, nah, they need to uh, they need to win this week. Talk about the butterfly effect, dude. It'll be some urgency because yeah, if you imagine now, let's take it to the next the other step. Imagine if you blew out Detroit the way you've blown out a lot of teams at the crib this week. Everybody would be like, "Yo, see, we came close against Miami. We learned some things. We put it all together against Detroit. We're gonna sit everybody down for Washington, and we're gonna package this Detroit performance." And bring it out against that NFC South champion, whoever it is. It's uh, you know, it's amazing how the vibe all changes with a win or a loss, bro. <laughs> Especially this time of year, like, dude. I, again, like they, they. I, I was surprised in the locker room how not up, not that they were upbeat, or but maybe that they just weren't so down and defeated. That there was a lot of, you know, McCarthy was positive. Dak was positive. Maybe some of that's like, what do you expect him to say? I, I, I hear you. Um, but it was almost like the Philadelphia game up there in November when they came out of that one thinking, you know, if this play, if these three plays are right. an inch different, we win the game. And they're probably looking at the Miami one saying the same thing. But you know what I think is funny? And I don't know if we talked about this last week. Like last week, how good are the Dolphins? I don't know. How good are the Cowboys? I don't know. Now that the Dolphins beat the Cowboys, people are saying, "Oh, Dolphins finally beat a good team." <laughs> oh, we just said we don't know. So, so if the Cowboys are beating the Dolphins, would everybody would have been yeah. like, "Cowboys finally beat a good team." Well, right. Three days earlier, we didn't know if the Dolphins were any good. Um, what do you think about this road thing? Um, it's something. It's not nothing. Um. And some of it just comes down to playing better, right? But yeah, what was the Parcells deal like? Con- confidence comes from demonstrated ability, or something Correct. like that. Yeah, confidence, confidence is born out of demonstrated ability. Yeah, well, if you've not you do done so. it, it, yeah, right. Like their win at Carolina, I think it was a one-score game in the fourth quarter. Like, if, if we're being honest, like, but then and then they pulled away late with pick six and all that. Um, but. It, you know, they're going to have to win on the road. You know the last time that the Cowboys won multiple road games in the same postseason? Do you know when that was? Uh, let me think. Let me think. Let me think. Okay. I'm probably going to say. And we're like, not going to say a Super Bowl because that's a neutral site. So, okay. Yeah, no. Nah, uh, <laughs> I was thinking it's probably sometime in the mid-70s. 1975. Boom. Yeah, the day the uh, the year uh, the Taylor family moved to Dallas from Buffalo. How about do, that? Do you know how many times a Cowboys team has gone to a Super Bowl with a losing road record? Well, that sounds like have they done it once? Zero. Yeah. So okay. the fight in history here. 
Right. <laughs> so that's why it matters. Like, I mean, yeah, okay, he can win at Tampa. Woohoo! Big freaking deal. <laughs> like he did that. He did that last year. Like, you know, but are you really gonna go now? Can Can you win at Philly? I would think you'd feel better about them going to Philly than you would San Francisco. Uh, yeah, some of it just depends on the matchup. You know, uh, if they win their game. It depends on you know who they get in the, who they get in the next round and where they're playing and how they match up with them and how they feel about that matchup. Yeah. So it's uh, you know it's it's a lot going on. Uh, and I think you know we I'm sorry D- Detroit. I think like people are just kind of glossing this over like Cowboys at home they always win at home they're going to score forty da 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 da. Well Detroit's playing for something too because they're still in the fight for home field advantage. Dude. And they're not so it's, And like the, I thought uh, they were bad I thought they were bad out of away from home. They're they're six and two. Hold on. <laughs> I just looked that up a second ago. Maybe they're five and two. Um no way, yeah, they're six and two. They won at San Francisco. You know? I mean they're seven and two indoors. Okay, they play in a dome too. Cowboys are right. seven and oh. They played Played another dome this year. I don't know. Um, so this no, is a, this isn't an easy game by any stretch of the imagination to think like because the Cowboys have been. And Dak talked about that. It's like it's not like could sit back and, and lean on the fact that hey, we're playing at home, we're going to win this thing. So at least Dak understands that and has a good way of. I, I know he's spreading that message throughout the locker room of how they can't just use their home field success as the reason why they're going to win this one because. You don't think Dan Campbell wants to come back to Texas and win? Uh, yeah. Aaron but, Glenn? Uh, <laughs> my guy. Uh, what did you think of Dak's performance against Miami? I thought he was good. Uh, and probably better, a little bit better than good, but he wasn't at the level – he wasn't good enough. Um, kind of like the team. Like you can't go – five possessions and gain nine yards. And that's not all on Dak. I got you. Some of that was McCarthy putting the back, their, their backed up plan on him and saying he was, he just had a bad plan for the players. Um, but I thought there were times where Dak had people open and either double clutched it or didn't trust it and didn't see it as well. And maybe that's something that Fangio does. Um, right, right. Or, or, or Buffalo did the week before. Um, it didn't look like he ripped it as much as he was ripping it when he was in that really, really hot streak. But he played well. I, I, I There are going to be plays that he's going to want back, absolutely. But uh, when you don't win, there's always going to be those three or four plays you didn't make that people are going to say as a quarterback, you you have to make those if you want to be an MVP. Yeah, what do we make of Philadelphia? <laughs> I say that because, I more- you know. We always talk about well, the issues the Cowboys have. Other teams got issues too, man. Right. And they tried to give the Giants the game. I mean, that basically comes down to the, the Eagles converted a third and 20. Bro. Like a third and 20. I'd love to know what the <laughs> expected completion of that is uh, through the course of a season and what, the, you know, and all that. Like, so if they if they don't make that, it's twenty to eighteen, Eagles at that point. If they don't make it, they're punting the ball. Giants, they're feeling good. Tyrod Taylor's playing well. Um, by the way, 
what lasted longer in New York, Tommy <laughs> Cutlets or Lynn Sanity? <laughs> I, I think Lynn Sanity might have lasted. I think it did. Lynn Sanity, yeah. yeah. Um, but the Eagles are. I mean, what, what have they fixed? You know, the 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 way that they won against the Giants is the way that they they were winning a good portion of their earlier games where it was just unconvincing um, to think that they're going to be a team that can put it all together when it matters most. I would agree with that. Uh, to me, they look like, uh, and see, we've seen some Cowboys teams like this over the years start strong and then seem to fade. And that fade just, just continues. Like I don't, I could see them winning one game, but I couldn't see them winning two in the playoffs as currently constructed. But but here's because they went to the Super Bowl last year, they get a little bit of benefit of the doubt in that, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, they, they were do. ten and one, so it wasn't. But but you know, their average margin of victory was, you know, what plus thirteen or whatever stupid right. stat it was, right? Um, so it's, but the Cowboys don't have that uh, history to fall back on. Because all they're going, all the Cowboys are going to hear it's the same old Cowboys. The Eagles can. The, the fallback is well, they got this Super Bowl pedigree. Whether they've shown that over an eighteen-week season or not, that's what people are going to. That's the narrative around them. The narrative for the Cowboys is it's chaos and it's falling apart. And when's the next head coaching search? Yeah, that's that's pretty accurate. <laughs> um, so yeah, man, it's a uh, it's going to be a wild look in the NFL. Um, I think Baltimore. Uh, showed something with their blowout win over uh, San Francisco last night that right now they got the title as uh, best team in the league. Uh, uh, I still think San Francisco is probably the second best team, um, I think. Well, yeah. is Trent, yeah, is Trent Williams, how healthy was he going to be? If your quarterback has a stinger, that, that, that doesn't seem to be a positive as well. No. But here, no. Uh, so here's the deal about Baltimore. Man, they've won, what, five in a row now, and they're looking really good, and if, if you pick the MVP today, it's probably Lamar, I would say, after last night. Well, they play Miami next week. Right. Like, okay, they lose that one. Like, every time you we're ready to say this team is the best team, that team loses. Well, or, or there's no one close, right? Yep. And then they close the year against the Steelers, who could be right. fighting for a, for a playoff spot. So, And we know that that rivalry, every game they seem to play, is always like 17-14. It doesn't, you know, whether it is, it isn't. That's what it always seems like. So they still got a tough little road to go here yeah. as well. And uh, that's why I said, you know, they seem to me right now to be the best team. Um, I think Buffalo is making a move. And so, you know, it's kind of like a horse race, man. All these teams are kind of jockeying, but you can see some of them are making a move and they're going to be streaking in the playoffs. Like I was talking to your colleague, Calvin Watkins. Uh, he's your former colleague like he is mine. We all worked at the same place for so long and bounced in and out. Sometimes I forget. Uh, and Calvin's like, um, he was like, uh, hey, the Bucks are streaking, you know, da-da-da-da-da. If you get them in the first round, I go, but who have the Bucks beaten? And uh, they haven't beaten anybody good, but they've won. And it's hard to win in the league. So if you can put four together, you get credit for that. And uh, their last two games are not particularly tough. And so I can see Tampa Bay on a six-game winning streak. To, uh, to enter the playoffs. And so, uh, you know, man, the, the league is interesting. That's what the uh, commissioner wants. That's what the owners want. There's a bunch of teams capable of winning. 
It's the NFL, man. That's why it's the, that's why it kicks everybody's butt. That's why, yeah. Stay away from the gambling because you never bro, know, bro. I, I don't see how people do it. Anyway, that's Todd Archer, my man. Brought to you by Smokey John's Barbecue each and every Wednesday. Appreciate you, bro. Thanks, guys. See you. All right. Uh, Smokey John's Barbecue. Smokey John's Barbecue, 1820 West Mockingbird, home of the Jam Session Bowl that you wouldn't know about unless you listen to the show. Why? It's on the secret menu, baby. You can't go in there and look on the wall and see it. You just have to know it exists. You have to trust it exists. It is love in your mouth. And I don't care what the naysayers say. We've been trying to get a Jam Session Bowl to Big Joe and the Big Rig for a minute. We will continue to endeavor that way. This is not a, uh, some shtick. This is real. I just asked that man his schedule to see if we can make it happen. Uh, because I want him to taste the love. Who, might, to- who, who might the naysayers be? <laughs> huh? Who might the naysayers be, dog? That's you, why the, I know. you the naysayer, there you man. Go. There you go. Who might the naysayers be? It's the guy that ain't got no damn bowl yet. How about that? How you doing? Ah, I tried to slip that one past you. Yeah. Uh, it's Jam Session Bowl, man. It's a mac and cheese base or mashed potato base. Seems like most people seem to prefer the mashed potato base. I like the mac and cheese base, but the mashed potato base to me is just a little bit better. It's a little creamier, a little, a little more mixable. But mac and cheese base, I've had them both now multiple times. Is, uh, is good as well. Uh, then your choice, two out of five smoked meats. Somebody sent us one the other day that looked like it had the double brisket on it, which is what Joe will get whenever he gets his. And yeah. then... Mashed uh, potatoes probably... I would like... I think the mashed potatoes would be pretty good myself. All right. I ain't really mac and cheese like that, but that mashed potatoes, pretty much you can do with anything, especially brisket, barbecue sauce, all that other oh, stuff. See? Yeah, see. That's what I'm saying. That, that would probably be better to me. All right, well, that's what's important, you know, because yeah. once you get the double brisket, all this stuff you put on loaded baked potato, like chives and mm-hmm. bacon bits and sour cream and cheese, mm-hmm. butter, all of that goes on top, man. Then they drench it with sauce or drizzle it with sauce, whatever you want. Mm-hmm. It's easy, easy, easy enough for two people. No cap, it is. Uh, if you got a little shorty, the three of y'all can eat over it, again, without any problem, because there's a lot of food. Uh, very rarely, very rarely, if I sat down and eaten, shared the jam session bowl with somebody, and we it finished it in that one setting, you know, we usually eat some of it, come back to it later on, and uh, polish it off. Uh, you know, so it's fantastic. Um, if you want some Smokey Johns a little more instantly, you can go to the uh, website smokeyjohns.com, click on the marketplace, and get the rub or the sauce. Matt McLaren used to drink that stuff out of the bottle, uh, delivered straight to your crib couple days uh you'll be good for it better for it and then uh, if you need it immediately man you can always roll up to the heb in frisco and get the rub have it have it by lunchtime man if you want to roll like that today it's the jam session bowl it's fantastic uh they got other stuff in smoky jobs it's all good man it's all good but uh give them give them a try roll through let me tell y'all something it's literally about five minutes from Love Field. So if you ever got a layover in Dallas, you know, you can roll through there, pick up an Uber, roll through there, pick up Jam Session Bowl, be eating it at the airport. Just a thought. 
No they, more. They do have it at H, uh, at other HEBs than Frisco because they have it here in Burleson. The rub they got, they have it. All right. So See, yeah, look at that. Look that at was that. that was spotted. I thought I had my people looking for the barbecue sauce, but it was the rub. The rub is available at HEB. Pretty much all, right. all of them. Fantastic, yeah. fantastic. Uh, so let's, uh, without further ado, let's get on to y'all favorite thing, which is what four plays to shape the Cowboys' twenty-two twenty win over those hated. Do we really hate the Miami Dolphins? I don't know if we hate them. That, oh. may, be a, that may be a bit much. Over the uh, let's just call them the Miami Dolphins. How about that? Yeah, Miami, Miami <laughs> is cool. They they players are cool. They coaches especially cool. You know what, man? Their coach is especially cool. You want me to tell you why their coach is cool? I'm going to tell you why their coach is cool. Their coach is cool for one reason and one reason only. He is completely secure with himself, and he ain't trying to be nobody else but himself. And while that sounds like, duh, no. He is who he is, and that makes him cool because you can tell – what other coach you know wear capri pants? Nobody. It's just him. He's just being himself, and it's a cool thing to watch because he's not trying to be uh, anything other than uh, Mike McDaniel, and that's uh, that's cool to me. I don't know about the pants he wear, but I know <laughs> I know that uh, the best form of leadership is sincerity. You know, yeah. and when he speak. He speak, and you it, it, it take him a while to lose that locker room when he's just saying, "Hey, this is what we're doing. This is what we want to do." A lot of his post game speeches, a lot of his press conferences, you know, he just sound relaxed. He sound like he mean what he say. Yeah, it's authentic. Yeah, that know? goes a long way, dude. In leadership, but, uh, no, I believe you on that, man, uh, for sure. Uh, now, you know, f- for those of you new to the show, um, four plays to shape the game. It's not always the four biggest plays of the game or the four plays that stand out to you. Sometimes it's these little plays that you don't think about. Sometimes they're bigger plays. It just kind of depends. But I started doing this many, 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 many years ago because, and you hear this all the time, you know, this play gone our way, we'd have won, and they didn't, so we lost. And so in the course of an NFL game, there's always a few plays. If they go your way, it's a great day for you. If they don't go your way, it's a bad day. And I always just like to go back and look at them because at the moment, you don't know that they're so big. It's only later do you find out, like, there's 125 plays in the Dallas-Miami game, and there's just a few of them. You're like, wow, this is going the other way. Cowboys come out with a dub, and we're having a bunch of different conversations this week. But since it didn't, we got to talk about this other stuff. So, uh, without further ado, let's get cranked it up. So, the Cowboys get the opening kickoff. Uh, Mike McCarthy, we win the toss. Give us the damn ball. And, uh, you know, you can tell when McCarthy's on one because they come out aggressive and uh, they're moving the ball. First, first down, second down, first down, second down. First, third down, man. Our star of the first drive, Hunter Lepke, shows up, gets the first down. And then, man, I was pissed. I don't know about you. Right off the bat, you got, uh, you know, your boy Peyton Hendershot with a uh, false start. And I'm just like, this is what I'm talking about, man. First and 10 at the 50, you get this false start. Now you're behind the chains and you got to try to work it. Cowboys end up with a uh, fourth and two. 
And uh, Dak Prescott hits your boy Ferguson in the flat for 20 yards. Really well-designed play after a timeout. And I was like, okay, Mike is in his bag. Cowboys are moving. They're going to get that lead. And on first down, I thought this was a really good play. Why? Because not only is it an end around to Brandon Cooks, who's got speed and skill, get it done. Normally, they run a play like this to CeeDee Lamb. So what? Miami ain't expecting it. Now, uh, you can argue that Brandon Cooks should have uh, uh, turned it up a little faster and tried to get just inside the pylon and score. But let's keep it real, dog. When he get to the one-yard line, it's second and one. From the two, you can still get the first down. This seems to be a surefire touchdown. Well, here's what happened on the next play. Bro, that was a really nice play. Who's the first? Uh, I think I call it a flip play. What do you call it? An option? Toss, flip, whatever you want to call it. Because Dak, Dak, there was no chance of Dak running. So it probably no. wasn't an option. It was like a little toss or a flip. You know, quick. We used to call it back in the day a quick pitch. Yep, you know? quick pitch. I like that. Uh, when Tony Pollard gets the ball, I'm looking at the TV and I go, oh, nice play. Touchdown. Except he don't score. Did you say the same thing when he got the ball? Not really, cause he just not. It looked good. It, it looked good with him, but he's just not really good around the goal line. I kind of hold my breath when he when he you know he just don't punch it in good. And so it looked like a touchdown. Well, he didn't have to punch it in. He just had to run to the pylon. I mean, he didn't, but that's all he had to do. You don't think he would have got the pylon? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but if you if you decide, it's, it's decisions. Put it like this. You have to make your mind up what you're going to do. Could he have run to the pylon if that's what he made up his mind to do when he got the ball? But then when he turned it up, now you got to drop your hips and drive that damn ball in there. Right, you know, right, just, right. You know, it was just kind of like some indecisive shit going on with him. Well, see, I think that's the key right there. If he had, I think if he was decisive in his movement and his run, no matter what he chose, yep. he'd have got into the end zone. Yep. Instead, he's like, I, should, uh, ooh, uh. I got tackled with one arm. That's why I let the play run a little longer. I, he tackled him with one arm. Are you kidding but, me? Come but on, he got man. flipped backwards. How'd he get flipped? Hey, I'm just saying, man. No, I'm, no, I'm a, not whatever in you. I'm saying whatever to that bullshit. That's what I'm saying. Uh, Not you, so bro. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, nah, you know I don't have a spirit of offense these days. So uh, I don't even know what that means, but bullshit. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead, dog. Go ahead. Uh, okay, we're gonna take a quick exit ramp. In my life, oh I have decided. God. I have decided that occasionally I used to get offended too often, and so I really. Uh, did some reading and talked to a couple friends of mine about how not to be so offended by people because a lot of times people don't mean to offend you. You just took it that way. And so I've worked hard on not being offended. So I say my spirit of offense is much better than it used to be. That's all. Uh, now, back to the fireplace. For so real, For real. 
<laughs> and it's four plays. It's, Go ahead. You know what? I was finna correct that, man. So all of a sudden, instead of what should have been a touchdown to me and most of y'all, it's, um, you know, they get the first down, and so you still think they're going to get it in. But this is really – can I tell you something? This is really what I love about football. Well, they, you know, uh, they fumbled on the next play. Trying to get the ball to Hunter Lipke. Uh, Miami recovers at the two-yard line. The drivers over there don't score. And what I mean by what I really love about football is this is really why every play matters. It's really why you hustle on every play. It's really why you do what you can on every play because it looks like they finna score, and they are going to score 99% of the time. This is the 1% they didn't, and that's why you play balls out every play because you never know if this is going to be the one time that – it doesn't work out the way it looks. It works the way it looks like it's going to work out, and I just enjoy that aspect of the game because we've seen it happen a million times. It's, it's just always good to be reminded about. That's why every play matters, and why you hustle and you do the best you can at every opportunity. You know, that's what that's what I that's what I like about it anyway. Um, so, uh, you know, there's another play in here, man. Once the Dolphins take over, where. Uh, on second down, Tua misses what should have been like a 92-yard touchdown pass to Tyreek Hill. Did he miss uh, him or did Tyreek lose the ball? Oh, uh, well, yeah, you can say that. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not disagreeing yeah, with you. Yeah, he was looking for it. Tua kind of threw it up, but Tyreek couldn't find it. If he yeah. had found it, it was, it was off to the races, baby. And I was like, man, they came so close. Mm-hmm. To that being six, and so they they end up, you know, and I was just like, that. Can you imagine that, dog? That's how you get blown out to me, which is you go all the way down to the one fumble, and they hit you with a ninety-two yard touchdown pass to take a seven nothing lead. You could be so shell shocked from that by the time you recover with this kind of team, it could be uh, it could be a wrap. Uh, but instead. Uh, uh, the Dolphins get his 57-yard field goal, but that dude was on one, and uh, take a 3 nothing lead. And so, you know, it, it was a really interesting game because I kept waiting for the Cowboys' offense to perk back up. Uh, CeeDee Lamb's 49-yard touchdown gives them a 7-3 lead. That was a sensational play. Yes, indeed. Uh, um, what did you like most about it? Uh, well, he caught when he caught the ball, he just turned it up. He kept on running. Then he got – it's like he could have stepped out of bounds. He could have just said, ah, oh, I got y'all. And he just stopped, went back, and then he kind of slowed down. When he slowed down at the end, like, what y'all think? You know, like, he just kind of <laughs> let the dude knock him in the end zone. If anything, right, right. number 88 got a lot of flair. Oh, no, he got that now. Yeah, yeah. He got that. That's like when the, he caught the touchdown against the Patriots and waved bye-bye to him, <laughs> you know, a couple of years ago. I think he got fined for that. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Amazing, amazing play. Amazing play. Just when you forget. How explosive he is, he show you. Right. Yeah. Um, so, but that, but they don't do anything else the rest of the first half, and they find themselves down 13-7 at halftime. Uh, now, first drive of the third quarter is huge. Cowboys get a stop, and now they're in the game because I was like, man, y'all give them a touchdown here and go down 20-7, to and you have to start pressing the way uh, the pass rush is getting at the deck. It might just get out of hand real quick. Um you know, but still, the Dolphins, are, they're not scoring touchdowns, but they keep adding to their lead. Yep. And so it's 16-7, third quarter, and now, to me, the Cowboys are in the danger zone. Like, yo, what's up? 
you need to do something here or it's going to be some sad singing and some slow walking off the field at the end of this game. And uh, just at that cue, it's almost like Dak heard your boy. Or maybe McCarthy heard me. They finally started moving the ball a little bit. Uh, Jalen Tolbert, huge catch, contested catch, 50, leaping 50 catch. 50-50 ball. That's what he there for. Yep. And he came down with that one. Big play. They get the ball down to the Miami 24. And, again, you're like, oh, okay. They got a move. They're they making a move. Second and seven, man. Uh, I'm sorry, third and 11. Dak back under pressure. And here's what happened. Hold up. Chubb is down. Hopefully he's okay. Slow to get up for Miami. And the signal is it's coming back. There's Chubb walking off slowly. Illegal shift. Offense. Numbers 88 and 87 did not both get set before the snap. It's a five-yard penalty. Replay third down. It's the details, man. It's the details. And we can call it, you know, pity patty. But, you know, when you're a team that gets penalized a lot, you just don't seem to catch a break on penalties. Uh, That's a huge play to me because, yeah, yeah, they, they ended up with a field goal, but... There's a huge difference between first and ten at the uh, at the eleven and third and sixteen at the thirty. Like the odds of you converting third and sixteen is really small. Yeah. Uh, first and ten to eleven, you got a chance to score a touchdown there, man. Get within sixteen, fourteen. It's a ball game. It's a tight game. Instead, it's sixteen, ten, and while yeah, you're still within the touchdown, you don't get that emotional boost from driving down to the key moment, scoring a touchdown. And uh, and really taking advantage of the momentum. So it's to me it was a disappointment. And again, it's the fact that you dis it didn't have to be like that. It's the penalties, man. And uh, until they clean them up, if they can clean them up, you know, it seems like they're just always going to be kind of haunted by it and uh, and and trying to work through it. Yeah, I think I think I thought it was a BS call, but I agree with you a hundred percent. When you get a lot of penalties. You know, you known for doing stuff wrong. They gonna call that stuff. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that a hundred percent. But I thought it was a terrible call because there's no advantage to when CD Lamb moves back. Yeah, to get in, you know to get on outside. I mean, on sides, and it was just like a split second when uh, eighty seven took off for motion, and I was like, man, all of that right. stuff that Miami do. They, you know, and you don't mean they don't move a little early, which really they don't. They just good at the good at that stuff they do. But the Cowboys, right, right, right. the Cowboys don't shift that much and don't move around that much. I just thought it was a bad call. But like you say, you're gonna get it when you when you get a lot of penalties. So, um, so there's an exchange of field goals. It's 1913 Miami. It's it's a really interesting game to me, and then. Uh, we're still back at the same point. Like, yo, is anybody on defense going to make a play, man? And so what happens is uh, it's it's third and three, and then Miami 
does that thing. They get a false start. It's third and eight at the Miami 27. Here's what happened. Can somebody save my damn eardrum? <laughs> That's what I want. <laughs> Golly, really? Duh. Hey, I'm sorry, bro. So no it's... tune carrying ass. <laughs> That's just what it was, man. I was like, third day. Wow, Parsons, Doris Armstrong, let's meet at the quarterback. Somebody made a play. Now your Dallas Cowboys got a chance to do something. And that's exactly what they did. Epic drive, 17 plays. Uh, you know, Dak is making plays, fourth and three. Hits CeeDee Lamb for 11 and a first down. They keep moving. They converted another third down on a Rico Dotto run. Uh, you know, they got a fourth down uh, with a Turpin penalty converted. And then Dak makes a great throw to Brandon Cooks for a touchdown. And the Cowboys are up, night, up 20 to 19, man. 327 left. All they got to do, you got to get one more stop. You can't give a field goal like you've been doing all day. You got to get a legitimate stop. And they were in position to do it. And, you know, I've told y'all this before. When I watch games with my dude, I'm always like, at a certain point, man, somebody got to go make a play. Somebody, anybody, go make a play. On that last drive, somebody did what, dog? They made a play. Michael Parsons, Doris Armstrong, they made a play. Doris Armstrong crushed the double team. Slipped through, created that pressure. They got the sack. Somebody made a play. It's third and three. Two minutes left at the Dallas 33. Yeah, this dude didn't kick three kicks of more than 50 yards, but still 50 yards is not a gimme. The rain is coming down. Can somebody make a play? Here's what happened. And see, yeah, they went down and got a first down. Cowboys had to use some timeouts, blase, blase, blase. But if you could stop that play, yeah, they might kick the field goal, dog. Okay, cool. Guess what? Then you got a minute 50-something left and two timeouts. You good. I mean, it's the NFL. The games are close. But if I tell you, hey, we're going to get a ball to Dak, minute 55, two timeouts at your 25 on the road, You'll take that chance, needing just a field goal to win it. You'll take that. But when they couldn't stop Tyreek on that little play, well, now you got to burn your timeouts. They're going to run the clock down, and they're going to kick it with no time left, and you don't even get a shot. So, to me, that's where the game was lost. What do you think? It was a perfect call for what they was doing. Cowboys played a lot of zone the whole game, and that play they went to man. And it was a, it was, it was a pretty good call. It was an I would say, man, it was an amazing play. It, it kind of it kind of symbolizes what Miami does because they put him in motion. He came back across, and when it looked like a little flip, 
and he was going to have to shake a bunch of people. It actually turned out to be a screen, and uh, I thought it was great. I mean, you block the man. You, you go man-to-man against the screen, everybody going to get blocked, and that's exactly what happened. It looked, well, it looked like a, like a, what am I trying to say? It looked like a swing pass at first where Tyree wasn't going to get nothing. Right. It, it turned out to be one of the slickest screens I ever seen. Yep. I'm just impressed um. with Mike McDaniels over there. I just liked it. This was, like I said the other day, from a football purity standpoint, I like the way the offense is. Well, he make you want to pick up Madden and play with that Dolphins playbook, though. Not really, no. <laughs> it's, not, it's, it's not good as what they do. It's not good as what they do for real. So. <laughs> All right, well, hey, I tried to throw I tried to throw that out there to you, yeah. uh, but that's uh, that's four plays that shaped the Dolphins' twenty two twenty win over your Dallas Cowboys, uh, and um, you know it's a, it was to me it was a really good game. The and defense, this, man, I'm, let me put this in here, man. The defense played well. It's just them pesky ass field goals, man. This dude knocking them in from fifty seven. You know what I'm know. saying? You would think our guy was kicking. You know, right, right, that, right. That that right there was like, all right, are these are these fools ever gonna punt? No, here this dude come kicking again. It's those those pesky field goals is what made it such an odd game and, and, and hard for the offense, which was struggling to catch up. Yeah, no, I feel you on that, man. It was a, uh, but again, it was a. That's why I say, it was, you know, I, like I wouldn't feel bad about if I was a Cowboys fan, I wouldn't feel bad after this loss. I'd just be like, ah, so close. Mm-hmm. And we just couldn't finish because, again, if I tell you, hey, Doc, I'm going to give you the lead with three minutes left, you'd be like, straight up, let's go. And so you had the lead, man. You had everything you wanted. You had the lead. They had a long field, and they they moved the ball and scored. And so you had everything, and uh, and you let them, uh, you let them get there. Well, the way homeboy was kicking, you know it was it was a done deal when the Dolphins got the ball back. The way you know they didn't have to go get a touchdown. This dude was knocking everything in, right? You know, so, so it's yeah. like, yeah, this 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 over with. They finna lose by a field goal. Well, see, I thought, and this real talk, man. I thought the way the game was gonna go, if they could force the field goal, maybe they had time enough to go win it. Uh, uh, okay. You know, twenty three, twenty two. Roger that. Yeah. But you needed to stop so that you could do that. Yeah. And they couldn't get to stop. Yeah. So. You know, that's that's how the game went down. But that's uh, four plays that shaped the game. Uh, let's take a quick trip around the block, man. Around the block. Uh, I spent a portion of Christmas uh, hanging out with my uh, family, uh, playing board games. You like board games, though? Yeah. Yeah. What's, uh, what's your board game of choice? Um, it depends on what you're looking at because Monopoly is good. Um, and then when you talk about board games, do you include Uno in that? Uh, yes. Okay. So I don't play Uno anymore, but I like to watch people play because it's a million rules. Kids can play, grown-ups can play. It's a million rules, and everybody got. I played a game. We had a family get together over here with my wife's cousins, and uh, we played this game called Mafia. And it Dude, was it was pretty good. This is incredible. Uh one of my workout partners told me this morning, he said, We he said, you gotta play this game called Mafia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he broke it down. So it's wild that I had never heard of that game before today. And twice in the last four hours, somebody's told me it's a great game and you should play it. 
Yeah, it put pressure on people. If you're a nice, if you're a really nice person, right? Put pressure on you because you gotta you gotta kill people. Yeah, I ain't had no I ain't had no problem with that. <laughs> I kill my I kill my wife and her sister and my sister in law. That way they can be uh, together. No, nah, it's a what's stop. It was uh, it was uh, what you said about Uno is great and it's true because I played Uno with uh, my granddaughter that's seventeen and my grandson who's eight. And it was just the three of us playing a couple games yesterday. And uh, we had a good time because uh, you're right. Everybody can play. Uh, and, every, and, you know, he, my grandson knew what was going on. He talking trash. But yes. reverse, yes. reverse back to you. <laughs> reverse back to you, Papa. Pull four. Pull four. Yeah. yeah they, I was they, like, boy, yeah. if I don't, I'm going to snatch that little Christmas gift away from yeah. you, man. You keep little on talking that trash. Be, little kid be talking. It's, it's such a good family game called little. You, I was going to say that, too. Little kids be talking trash, trash. Like, <laughs> man, who you talking to like that? Hey man, why that boy look at me and call me bro one time? Yeah. Hey dog, you can't call me bro. I'm sorry. Hey man, but uh, he was having a good time. We had a good time. Uh, then we played some Family Feud. Uh, that was a good time. Uh, uh, Trivia Pursuit. I like that too. You know, I haven't played that in a long time. Yeah, it's been a while for me too. But I, I like might be that. better at that now. Yeah. Uh, my boy was talking about he played Clue. And he said, you know what? I hadn't played Clue before. I'd heard about it, but hadn't played. I thought it was kind of dumb. I said, but uh, I had a good time playing. I said, no, nah, man, Clue is a game that make you think a little bit. And if you got more people and you got fewer cards to pass out, so you have to think more, it's an even better game. So, uh, no, nah, it was good to uh, to hang out uh, with them for a little bit yesterday uh, and just play some games and relax. And, and uh, I like board games, man. I forgot that I do like them. It brings out a little competitiveness. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a competitiveness where everybody can get involved and everybody can play. You just got to find your lane and find. If you get a chance, get, get play mafia. It's pretty good. You know, you what's gotta, a good? Now, it seemed like uh, now. How many people did you have playing mafia? The more the better. I want to say we probably had uh, probably ten. Because my mm-hmm. my my wife's niece is uh, is is a boss. For real, because she was like, y'all get over here and play. We was trying to watch the game. Y'all get over here and play. And she was explaining stuff. You know, I was acting a fool. I said, hey, you promising something good. This better be good. This, right. I better have fun as much as these rules we got to go and all this explanation <laughs> and all that. This better be fun. I'm going to tell you, once I got through acting a fool and learned the rules and all of that, it was it was pretty good. It was pretty good. Because you got to kind of explain. If people try to say, all right, who's the, who do you think the mafia boss and somebody picked me and said, Joe, we think you the mafia. I said, nah, man. Well, tell you got to you got to explain why. So are you just not. making this up? You making up your own backstory? Oh, you hell yeah. I was okay. Like, that's no, that's no, the no, whole no, key. no. You don't have to make up your back. On you don't. I, I just say, hey, I'm a nice person. I, I help old people. I've been I've been married for thirty two years. Why would you think? You know, hell, somebody killed my wife. Why would I do that? And somebody right, right. somebody killed my sister in law. You know I love him. It was me that done it, but I was lying my ass off. <laughs> <laughs> and then you know, once they figured it all out, they said, "Why would you kill her?" I said, "That's where y'all could be together." How about it? You know, so it's, it's, uh, it's pretty good. Matter of fact, uh, the way he was explaining, I said, "You know, dog." I said, uh, "You need to just have a mafia party and just invite ten or twelve people over to your crib." 
and uh, just have a party. We're finna play Mafia. I said, if you think it's a good game, it's a fun game, it's a good experience, let's, uh, why don't you do that? Uh, so anyway. Yeah, it's um, pretty fun. No, so uh, I had a good time, man. It was, uh, it's good to, uh, it just kind of, re- you know, like I said, we played a lot of games uh, while I was with them hanging out, and it was just uh, rekindled my, my love for games. They used to love to play Sorry as a kid. Did you ever play Sorry? Yeah. Um, and what happened was, I can't remember how this happened. Sorry's been a game out for 40, 50 years. It's a board game. You got cards, and you try to get them all into one little, I can't remember all the rules. But basically, yeah, the game changed a little bit because it used to be a game of luck and chance. And then somebody decided, what if we dealt all the cards, and then you could kind of control it a little bit. And then it got a little more ruthless. Uh, but it made me want to go pick. What happened is those experiences the other day made me want to go pick up a couple game, a couple board games and be like, yo, we're playing board games today, whether you want to or not. Settle up around the table. Let's go. Now, that being said, uh, if your family's anything like mine and, and you guys out there, you can get all these people together on a Christmas because that's a holiday. After that, man, it's hard to lock, lock people down for because uh, everybody got things that they got to do. And places they got to go and people they got to see. And so uh, I was thinking about trying to get them together, uh, you know, maybe New Year's Eve during the day or a New Year's Day uh, before everybody go back to school and their lives. Uh, just to hang out a little bit and play some board games, do a little bonding. What you think? Oh, yeah. It's all good, man. Uh, bef- before I let you go, uh, I just got a text from my uh, from my granddaughter, and she actually she called me, which is rare. So I'm like, oh, let me make sure nothing's going down. So I check my phone. I send a text while the call is ringing. Doing the podcast, hit you as soon as I'm done. This is the text I received back. I believe you have my candle. I will need it to be returned. It's the peach Bellini candle. And I just go. I will look. Thank you for your love and concern. See, man, everybody dying with everybody into aromatherapy uh, <laughs> in the Taylor family these days, man. Peach, peach, peach Bellini? Yeah, dog. That sounds like a, 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 a <laughs> flavor of Kool Aid that I would never drink. But I eat well, Peach Bellini. I don't know, man. Okay. You, uh, now, when I was at my, now my boy whose party I went to, his kickback I went to last night, he sent me a text. That I appreciate You could have been anywhere in the world But you're here with me I appreciate that Jay-Z and Izzo yeah. Thanks for hanging out with us last night Yeah. And uh, I said So I sent him back real quick I'm doing all this while I'm on the phone But I was like hey Conversation was great It was a good time I'm glad I came Man When I got there He said hey If you want a drink Help yourself He had a bunch of alcohol over there uh-huh. And so I said uh, We'll see I don't know and then I looked and I saw some, I like Ciroc as a vodka. Uh-huh. I, I like Tito's too, but uh, I like Ciroc. He had some mango Ciroc. I said, oh, this sounds interesting. Mm. Man, I poured that thing over some, some ice. And I was like, I wish I had taken an Uber. Because <laughs> that thing was so good. I was like, I could drink another one of these or another two. 
But since I drove, I will be limiting myself to this one one glass here and keep it moving. But I tell you what I'm going to do today is I'm going to get some mango Ciroc today. Uh, I got my six month, seven month, eight month supply of liquor the other day. Uh, and I say it like that because I don't drink a lot. I just I like a few things. I like them when I like them. And so what I bought the other day will probably last me six, seven months at the rate that I drink. But I'm finna add this peach mango uh, Ciroc to it. This mango Ciroc to it because it was smooth and it was delightful. And uh, vodka is the one alcohol that doesn't really have a lot of calories and carbs in it. So if you're trying to watch your weight, that's the one to sip on. How about that? You got a drink of choice? No, I don't drink. You know that. I really forgot. That's and I don't drink a lot, and that's and because yeah. that that's why that's why I forgot. No, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't hate on nobody drinking. It's all good. I just, I just wasn't no good. I mean, I was good at it, but I wasn't. It wasn't good for me. Ah, so I that's, know. you know, I quit drinking in about nineteen ninety two. Oh, it's been that long. Oh yeah. Well, I was oh. in, I was in the service. I wanted to stay in the service, and I I was married. <laughs> I, I wanted to stay married. So guess all what? Right. We're gonna leave that where it's at. All right. No, I didn't really. I forgot, really. Yeah, it's all good. Uh, yeah. All right. Anyway, that's uh, see, we ended up going a little bit longer than anticipated uh, today, but that's good because it's all good uh, during this holiday season. Uh, we want to always tell Greening Law we appreciate them. Same with uh, Smokey John's Barbecue. This doesn't happen without uh, their help and support. Remember, you can always follow me on Twitter, JJT Journalist. I am Jean-Jacques Taylor. If you think you follow me, you don't. We, got, we are going to tell that story about why my Twitter account got deleted. But if you think you follow me, you don't. So follow me on Twitter. And uh, until we chat again, for Big Joe and the Big Rig, you guys be blessed.